It's time for midday here at 11.30 Central Time on a Wednesday, February 3rd. Tyler Cavalli along with you. The whole gang is here. We'll hear from Jason in just a couple of minutes talking about sports. Busy time of year. Of course, we'll hear from uh, Bob Rogan as well. Tell us how stocks are doing. Sounds like they've uh, been progressing pretty well. Enjoy the weather today as well. The sunshine, warmer temperatures, already 60 degrees just north of the Sydney area. One of the warmest spots in our listening area. Of course, we'll get more about the weather coming up in regional ag weather in about 15 minutes with Paul Perkins. But let's head to North Platte where Susan Littlefield is at. And uh, Susan, how are things going there? I tell you, it is a nice crowd out here at the Buffalo Bill Farm and Ranch Expo. And a beautiful day, like you mentioned as well. So folks need to get out and enjoy it and come see some of the great vendors. Stop by and see us because we're in booth 103. And we'll give you the information to get registered for that Blizzard Buster giveaway that we have going on. That's right. We do have that ATV there, the Go Lights there as well. So you can get your sticky little fingers on it. Check it out. Uh, That's at our booth there. But what do you have for us coming up today on Midday? Well, big shout-out and thanks to Clay. He's got all three middays today. We're going to kick it off with Lashley Land and Recreational Brokers. They're here at the Farm Show, so that'll be at 1219. And then Clay will come back here at 1245 with Jordan Ducks. He's with Nebraska Farm Bureau. Now what after the elections? And then wrapping it all up, he'll be talking with Cy Decker of a Creek Tap House. So that's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. All right. Thank you very much. We look forward to more reports from North Platte and uh, enjoy the show. I will. Thank you. All right. Let's turn things over to uh, Jason Jorgensen today. What uh, used to be the only national signing day. Uh, We're starting to see some more news, some more names popping up. And uh, how's that going so far? Well, the top player in the state of Nebraska will not be a Cornhusker. Uh, that saddens many. Avante Dickerson, who initially had done a lot of dancing with Minnesota, he backed off Minnesota. A lot of Husker fans thought maybe he would stay at home. Nope, he is headed out west. He will be an Oregon Duck. Wow. Tough one to lose. Uh, 49th best player in the country, according to ESPN. Four-star cornerback. Is that the is that the kid from Omaha West Side? Mm-hmm. Okay, All it right. is. So uh, the Huskers lose him. So that's that's a downer, but that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are looking up for UNK football. They will sign about twenty kids today. Smaller class than usual. That's because well, most of the guys are going to take advantage of that uh, free year and come back next fall for Coach Josh Lynn. will get his thoughts about how things have really turned around with UNK football recruiting in the time that he's been in Kearney. And we'll hear from Husker Volleyball coach John Cook. Of course, last weekend was much different for the Big Red than they thought it would be. They found out Friday afternoon after 4 that the game with Northwestern was not going to happen. So uh, we'll hear from the coach and how they spent their time. What is your gauge on what the coaches are are, are feeling of obviously having two signing days, now one added in the December time range? I know they just have to adjust to it. There's nothing they could do about it. But uh, what are their thoughts? He's just digging the weeds. So you try to do what you can do in December, and then if there's some stragglers out there, you know, you try to load up a little bit. The second one in February is still the big one for Division Two. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Well, let's turn things over to Bob Broken and how his stock's performing so far on this Wednesday. Shares of uh, World Shares have been a little bit higher as investors are thinking that that big, uh, ginormous package that President Joe Biden has come out with on pandemic relief is going to be chewed back on. Also, uh, Britain's health secretary is saying a new study of the AstraZeneca vaccine shows some promise of reducing the transmission of the uh, of the virus. So locally.
On the next Rural Radio Forum, we learn how businesses and entities adapted and overcame the worldwide pandemic in the past year. We'll tell stories of success, perseverance, and people who made lemonade out of the 2020 sour lemons. From macro to micro levels, people of the Great Plains learn to carry on through the COVID crisis. Brought to you by the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program. Join us for the next Rural Radio Forum, February 9th at 3 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Time for regional ag weather update here on this Wednesday. It's brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation, your ranking dealer. Stepping in the studio is now Paul Perkins. Hopefully, you're going to tell us some good news, but uh, I already know the answer that uh, today it's going to be short-lived with the sun and the warmer temperatures. Exactly. Better enjoy today because it goes downhill from today. Uh, probably the nicest day today of the next at least 14 days. So enjoy today. We're going to have a nice little bump up in the temperatures on Friday in between systems, but an even bigger blast of cold air moves in by the weekend and really sticks around for quite a while. Yeah, this weekend uh, across pretty much the entire area, we're going to be seeing Siberian cold type temperatures. (laughs) Exactly. Arctic air on the way, even some chances of some snow. And when that we do get some snow and that cold, it does fluff up a lot easier. Right now, just expecting some minor accumulations with the system on Saturday, but don't be surprised if we do see that get stepped up uh, due to the fluffiness of the snow accumulating a little more easy. Right now, we're seeing warmer temperatures the further west you go. I mean, what's new? But uh, <laughs> 63 in Kimball, that's our warmest spot. I mean, it's only 10.45 a.m. Mountain Time. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, 60 at Sydney also. And yesterday, Sydney got up to an afternoon high of 68 degrees. And Kimball, not too far behind, at 64 degrees. So they're living right with some westerly downslope winds in the southern Nebraska panhandle. But as you're going to tell us here, (laughs) things are going to change tonight. Exactly. That's on the way for tonight. Right now, we do have quite a bit of snow cover still along and southeast of a line from O'Neill to Ord, Broken Bow, Lexington, and McCook on into north central Kansas. And that's where temperatures are still primarily into the low to mid-30s. Otherwise, as you go out of that snow cover, it's up to 60 in Thedford, some mid and upper 40s for Imperial, Ogallala, and North Platte, some low and mid-50s on into northwest Kansas and northeast Colorado, and also, once again, those temperatures in the upper 50s to around 60 in the Nebraska Panhandle. A winter weather advisory going into effect from 9 o'clock tonight through 10 tomorrow morning for central and east areas of Nebraska that are along and north of I-80, or if you're along and east of a line from Bassett to Broken Bow to Lexington and Elwood, winter weather advisory once again later on tonight through tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Looking at the potential of what surfaces that may become very slick from a flash freeze as temperatures drop below freezing. That precipitation expected to start out as rain, then mixed with freezing rain and sleet before a transition to snow. Snow accumulations may be as high as 2 inches, and ice accumulations may reach a light glaze. North winds gusting as high as 40 could also lower those visibilities during some snowy periods. Now, just for today, as we get rid of the clouds, more clouds expected to mix with their sunshine as the day goes on. Just ahead of a cold front and low pressure, we kind of scoured out the clouds for now, but more of them are on the way. Temperatures today, seasonal in central and east areas, to as much as 20 degrees warmer than average on into the west. Passage in that cold front for tonight will be marked by some strong northwest winds gusting as high as 45. The fast-moving front also providing a quick round of precipitation tonight into tomorrow morning. Rain will begin in the warmer air, but as that colder air builds overnight, temperatures will quickly drop below freezing and the liquid precipitation 
precipitation may flash freeze and turn to a wintry mix before a changeover to snow. Any accumulations once again on the light side, but it may get slick. <clears throat> Excuse me, in between systems on tomorrow afternoon through Friday. Tomorrow afternoon through Friday will be dry. A stronger cold front by Friday night will drop our daytime highs this weekend into early next week into the teens. Overnight lows near zero with wind chills of 15 to 20 below. So don't be surprised if you hear words of a wind chill advisory for this weekend. Some snow is possible for Friday night and mainly on Saturday. Accumulation is right now expected to be light, but it won't take much. Once again, for that snow to fluff up for some surprise accumulations. The forecast does trend drier on Sunday, but the latest forecast models suggesting some off and on chances for snow Sunday night into Monday. In our latest long-term forecast, the long-term models holding on to the colder air longer than previously expected. Colder than normal temperatures likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and all of the U.S. but the desert southwest for Monday through February 16th. Precipitation for Nebraska and Kansas near normal to slightly above normal for Monday through February 16th. Weather factors driving the markets include beneficial weather in South America and a harsh cold wave headed for the central U.S., in the Midwest and Northern Plains for tomorrow through Friday, that bitter cold will combine with periods of snow and strong winds to produce blizzard conditions in some areas. The weekend, the air temperatures will likely fall below zero for the coldest period of the winter. Transport disruptions will occur along with possible stress to expose winter wheat. In the Southern Plains, the wheat areas will be mainly cold and dry the next seven days. Temperatures forecast to drop to the single digits. Dry conditions remain as a primary concern for the wheat crop. Snow cover right now limited to just a few inches in northern Kansas. Across central and northern Brazil, moderate to heavy rain indicated the next seven days. Lighter rain in store for southern areas and eastern Brazil will be mainly dry. Recent rain has been favorable for Brazil's crop moisture. Soybean harvest progress and second crop corn planting continue to lag the average pace. Argentina's central crop areas have notably improved conditions following some recent moderate to heavy rain. Scattered showers today will be followed by drier weather next week. Argentina temperatures forecast, though, to be seasonal to below normal over the next seven days. I'm not going to lie to you, Paul. I didn't like any part of that forecast. <laughs> I know. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy today and, and a little bit on Friday because, yeah, going to get kind of nasty tonight with that first front, but over the weekend and next week, uh, that cold air going to stay for a while. So most of us not going to experience a lot of snow, but it could be a little slick. Uh -huh. Especially with that flash freezing, because anytime, of course, rains and the ground surface kind of cold right now. Right. And if that cold air just comes in real quick, uh, we could be looking at the potential of a flash freeze, especially if you're you know, walking out on your deck or sidewalk in the morning, too. So the temp, the time frame for this, once again, tonight into tomorrow morning? Exactly. It's about uh, probably about 9 to 10 o'clock in western areas and then moving into central and eastern areas after midnight. Okay. All right. Well, if somebody wanted to find out more about the cold temperatures, where could they do that? Weather page, krvn.com. With over 45 years of experience, Lashley Land and Recreational Brokers continue to be a leader not only in Nebraska, but for land sales across the country. I'm Clay Patton on the World Radio Network and have the opportunity to be joined by Mike Lashley of Lashley Land and Recreational Brokers. Mike, what was 2020 like in comparison to the other 45 years you've been in business, and how is 2021 starting? 2020 was the biggest volume year that our company has experienced times two. It was just remarkable. We have uh, nine full-time agents besides myself. They're all really busy. 2021 is starting off to be the same. There's just a number of reasons why 
know, in my opinion. But boy, there have been some really big investor purchases this year. I think these people haven't are investing in land because they know inflation is just around the corner. I mean, with uh, the stimulus money and the, and the national debt that we have, it's a given that inflation is going to be here. And there's no better hedge against inflation than a hard assets such as land. Whether it be recreational, whether it be farm, whether it be ranches, it's land. And that, that will lead right into my next question, Mike, is the fact that the stock market has been trading at these all-time highs now for months on end, it seems like, but land still offers that hard value asset, especially when how much equity is left there. There's plenty of equity left in the land market. This has some room to run. Oh, my gosh, yes. Not only the stock market play, but we're seeing an exodus out of the metro cities. They're selling commercial land, houses, rental houses, whatever, in the big metro cities. And they're they're coming out here and, and parking that money in land. In most cases, they aren't farmers or ranchers themselves. They turn around and lease it either back to the current owner or we basically find and manage the for the people, the investor, if the owner doesn't want to lease it back. What are you seeing from the farmer and the rancher side? We're finally getting a turn in commodity prices. Are they wanting to reinvest in more land to try and expand their operations? We have a lot of that, too. I tell you, a $5 plus corn looks a lot better than $3 plus corn. You know, we're actually low on inventory. That's one of my main concerns is that we, we don't have as much inventory going into 2021 as we did in 2020. That being said, we're all busy doing opinions of value for our farmers and ranchers and, and even for recreational sellers. I'm hoping that that turns around and it looks like it's going to. I mean, we've been uh, really uh, a lot of us on the road listing real estate. If you want to continue this conversation with Mike, whether you're wanting to buy land or sell land, make sure you stop by the Buffalo Bill Farm and Ranch Expo. There you can see Mike and the whole team live and in action. Mike, what do you want people to know about the Buffalo Bill Farm and Ranch Expo when they come out to see you? Well, we've been at that show. In fact, I was instrumental in getting the show off the ground 25 years ago. Can't miss us. When you come in the front door, we're right there. We'll have, uh, at times, uh, our whole team will anticipate. We'll be shifting around just because we don't have to have too many people in there. Come out and see us, and uh, we'd be glad to talk to you. And We'll have information at the booth. We'll have a good representation of Lashley Land there. My daughter is uh, our marketing director. She keeps us up on the websites, and, and we, we've got a very healthy advertising budget, probably more than anybody in the state, but that's how we reach our, our buyers statewide. That again, Mike Lashley, Lashley Land and Recreational Broker, C. Mike, and the entire crew at the Buffalo Bill Farm and Ranch Expo. That's starting today in North Platte. It'll be running through tomorrow as well. If you'd like to see Lashley Land, you can find them anytime online at LashleyLand.com. Thanks for listening to the Rural Radio Network. Idaho. It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, the top-rated college football prospect in the state of Nebraska for the 2021 recruiting cycle is headed out west. Omaha Westside cornerback Avante Dickerson committed to Oregon this morning. The six-foot, 170-pounder was a consensus four-star prospect and ranked as the 49th best player in the country by ESPN. Well, today is National Letter of Intent Signing Day at all levels. UNK football team expects to sign around 20 players today, including walk-ons. Head coach Josh Lynn is very happy with how this class came together. Uh, the young men that we're getting ready to sign, it, it's about 90% Nebraska. 
uh, student athletes. So all the all the young men that we've we're, we've been able to sign have come from the, from in state, which we're extremely excited about. And and not only, you know, with the small class, we really evaluated it and went after the kids we really wanted, and and we were able to land those kids. Coach Lynn and his staff will be at Cunningham's on the lake tonight at five thirty to talk about the class. Well, last weekend wasn't what the Nebraska volleyball team was expecting. The Huskers found out late Friday afternoon that they wouldn't be playing Northwestern due to COVID concerns for the Wildcats. Head coach John Cook says they instantly went to Plan B. Well, Friday was I. We just let them go because they. I think they were in shock and disbelief. And then Saturday we we practice and try to create a game like scrimmage, just so we would. We're still figuring out how to go through warm ups and routines and all that because we haven't. You know, it's been over a year since we've done it. So uh, we just kind of simulated a game day and. Uh, played a played a inter squad match and and that was Saturday. And you hopes to be back in action this week as they're scheduled to host Maryland on Friday night at six thirty and on Saturday night at seven thirty. UNK women's basketball team is ranked twelfth in both NCAA Division two top twenty five polls. The Lopers who are twelve and two had been ranked as high as fourth before they dropped a couple of games last week to Fort Hay State. Lopers return home this week to face Central Oklahoma tomorrow. Women's game at women's game at seven thirty. You can hear those games on ninety three point one the river and one oh six point nine in Kearney. And Christian Braun hit four threes and scored eighteen points, half of them during an eighteen three charge as Kansas rolled past Kansas State seventy four to fifty one. It's the fifteenth straight time that the Jayhawks have beaten the Wildcats at Allen Fieldhouse. That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Time for midday news. News director Dave Schroeder has stepped in and how's the yes. news? How's the news going? Well, it's going pretty good today. So we're just uh, kind of making some phone calls and gathering information, <laughs> and that's the way it goes. And so very good. Well, how about this Wednesday edition? of news on midday. Yeah, well, we're looking ahead to Saturday night. Uh, this weekend, uh, Saturday evening, is the Dawson County Cattlemen's Annual Banquet. It'll be held at the Cozad Elks Club. Dawson County Cattlemen President Jonathan Garwood gives us a rundown of the event. Social hour starts at 6 and the meal at 7. Tickets are at the door. This year we are going to have a nationally known comedian, Jay Hindern and would like to see everybody come out for a great turnout at the Dawson County Annual Banquet. We are going to go ahead and announce somebody new into the Hall of Fame this year. I guess one other note is uh, we'll be trying to practice social distancing as well. The Dawson County Cattlemen's also meets monthly across the county the first Thursday of every month to discuss emerging topics in the cattle industry. A Lincoln police officer resigned days before he was charged with third-degree assault for allegedly pushing a man last fall when he was off-duty. 32-year-old officer Benjamin Reeker resigned January 26th. He was criminally charged yesterday. Television station KOLN reports that the investigators found Reeker had been working security at a Lincoln hospital on October 31st when he had brief contact with a 51-year-old man accused of creating a disturbance in the emergency room. Investigators say Reeker found the man after he had been discharged from the hospital and shoved the older man unprovoked, causing the man to fall and hit his head. Police say the man refused medical treatment for the fall. 
President Joe Biden is telling House Democrats he's not married to all specifics of his $1.9 trillion COVID rescue plan, but he wants them to go big and not let the size or scope shrink. Biden delivered private remarks to the Democratic caucus today before a meeting with Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and top senators at the White House. Biden says his proposed $1,400 direct payments to Americans must stay in the bill. Biden has panned a slimmer Republican alternative as insufficient. He's told Democrats he's got your backs as Congress prepares for votes on the sweeping deal. Pete Buttigieg, the newly sworn-in Transportation Secretary, is urging his 55,000 employees to embrace imaginative, bold, forward thinking, unquote, as the Transportation Department embarks on a vital mission to rebuild America's infrastructure and foster equality. In an email message to employees, which was obtained by the Associated Press, Buttigieg said the department will continue to prioritize to prioritize safety, but he says he looks forward to working with them to break new ground, to help the economy rebuild, fight the climate crisis, and make sure that transportation is an engine for equity in this country, unquote. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network. We're at the Young Farmers and Ranchers Conference for Nebraska Farm Bureau in Kearney, Nebraska, and we've just concluded lunch. The guest speaker after lunch was none other than Public and National Affairs Director for Nebraska Farm Bureau, Jordan Ducks. And Jordan, a new administration, a lot of figureheads changing in Washington, D.C. What does the climate look like right now? It's very different, and the reason being is you have a lot of new folks in a lot of different areas. You've got, you know, 2,000 just presidential appointments, I believe, and and that's a whole lot of new folks that have very different ideas as to how they want to run government and the policy initiatives they're working on. And so from a Foreign Bureau standpoint, what we aim to do is, is regardless of who's in Washington, we spend time trying to build relationships with these folks, and, and we're going we're gonna to agree, we're going to disagree on policy issues, and our state board identified where we need to be on things and what we need to target, and we're ready to start talking to our congressional delegation and trying to make those those policy initiatives happen. The Biden administration has some lofty goals here in their first 100 days in the, in their administration. What are the key components that you as a lobbyist are watching for as well as the state delegation just to try and keep up and keep aware of everything? You know, our, our big issues that I think we're going to see and that we're going to work on continue to be access to broadband uh, and expansion of rural Internet. Uh, and it, that's going to be unbelievably important for a variety of issues. And we saw with the pandemic what that meant from just even a schooling standpoint. And so trying to get rural America connected uh, is extremely important. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, certainly an awful lot of climate initiatives that the administration wants to pursue. And, and from our standpoint, you know, I think agriculture too often is accused of not being at the table. And and what we will say is that, you know, we actually have a table ready for the administration to come to. These are some policy principles that we've agreed to. We want to make sure that any type of market system that's in place provides incentives to farmers, a monetary incentive to farmers. Um, but largely, farmers are doing the right thing. They want to do the right thing. They want to help out in these areas. And we're going to have to work through that. Beyond climate, certainly things like continue to be regulations and trade, you know, livestock development in this state and, and continue to work on reforming cattle markets and, and all those types of things. 
things. Those are all unbelievably important to us. Uh, trade continues to be important, and the expansion of markets, that helps the bottom line of farmers and ranchers. And that's the long and short of it is, Clay, that we are trying always as an organization to look out for policy initiatives that help the bottom line of farmers and ranchers, to continue to allow them to be profitable. And once they are profitable, that allows rural communities to continue to prosper and, and survive as well. And, and the health and, and uh, future of rural communities is, is an important topic for us as well. One headline that has recently emerged, I'm sure, caught plenty of farmers' attention, especially if they have not finished their CFAP2 payments, as the Biden administration is putting a hold on that for the moment. What do you see? Do you see that continuing out? Is that something of immediate concern, or does this have some ways down the road to go? So the hold that USDA placed on those payments were was that additional $2.3 billion of unused CFAP, CFAP2 money um, that was largely targeted toward contract livestock producers, contract poultry and hog producers. Um, and so your typical farm and ranch, it, it, the impact is limited, um, but those contract producers, obviously it matters to them. They had never been um, eligible for a payment before, and so this change, uh, some changes in Congress in December, allowed for the opening of this. Um, and so it affects them, it affects hog producers who are, who are going to get another $17 a head as well. And then some folks who had some different calculations, getting a little wonky, some different calculations as it related to their yields that they were using. Some row crop folks in Nebraska would be subject to that, and especially to crop producers. So so that's who this largely affects and impacts. Uh, hopefully they can work through this review relatively quickly and get that money out the door. But that program isn't actually impacted. It's not the $20 an acre in additional cattle payment money that, that was passed by Congress at the end of December. That is separate. Uh, that is certainly one that has not been rolled out yet. And I know USDA is working to try to come up with what those rules look like. Our hope is that both of those uh, pools of money can get out the door as soon as possible. Just two questions left for you, Jordan. As you stated in your, in your talk to YFNR here this afternoon is the fact that no matter what our feelings in the current political climate are, it is always important to have that open line of communication with your elected officials and to be openly communicating with how legislation can impact your farmer ranch. Exactly right. No matter who is in charge of the White House, no matter who's in charge of Congress, uh, you know, it is important. It is unbelievably important for folks uh, to, to push cynicism aside and to continue to communicate with their elected leaders, continue to talk to Nebraska's congressional delegation I mean, goodness sakes, even talk to the White House, let them know where they stand on different policy initiatives and continue to try to advocate and, and be a spokesman for agriculture to let folks know how important agriculture is and let them know, very frankly, how certain regulations, how certain laws impact them at the farm and ranch level and, and how it impacts their families. That is what makes a difference. That is where you will see an impact and where I think we can continue to make an impact on the policies and initiatives that come out of Washington. Jordan, as always, we appreciate the time. We appreciate all the information. Of course, Nebraska Farm Bureau open to take questions at any time. Final or closing thoughts for us? Yeah, certainly. It, it, is, it is something, and I think, again, as we look at the agricultural landscape, the policy landscape, it's going to be one of change for, for quite some time here, especially into 2021 and how the pandemic impacts that and, and all of those other things that we've dealt with, the switch in food supply. Those are going to be important. Those are what we're going to look at. But I think more importantly, from our standpoint, is to get back on message to the things that are important to our farm and ranch members, our farm and ranch member families, which is the need to, again, have a seat at the table in these conversations, prevent regulations that we don't like, push through initiatives and laws that help farm and ranch families, um, and in the long run, trying to make sure that they remain profitable. Jordan Ducks, Nebraska Farm Bureau, speaking to the YFNR Conference in Kearney, Nebraska. Thanks for listening. Network. 
tomorrow night. It's the semifinals of the girls' FKC basketball tournament from Kearney, and you will hear all of the games on 880KRVN. Our coverage starts with the Fontenelle Hybrids pregame show at 5.50. The first semifinal has Pleasanton against Overton at 6, with Elm Creek battling Loomis after that. A 93.1 the river and 106.9 FM in Kearney. The UNK women and men are at home against Central Oklahoma with the women's game at 5.30 and the men's game at 7.30. That's UNK and FKC tournament basketball action tomorrow night from KRVN Sports. With business report for Wednesday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks have moved slightly higher on Wall Street as investors turn their focus to some strong earnings reports from big tech companies and hopes for getting more economic stimulus passed in Washington. Investors also continue to watch shares of companies such as GameStop and AMC Entertainment, which have been targets of a community of online investors. The S&P 500 was up two-tenths of a percent in afternoon trading. Investors also had two positive economic reports to work through, one showing private sector hiring was better than expected, and that service sector activity was also better than forecasts. The services sector, where most Americans work, opened in January at the highest level in almost two years. The Institute for Supply Management reports that activity in the services sector climbed to a reading of 58.7 in January on a seasonally adjusted basis, up a full percentage point from the December reading of 57.7%. This was the highest reading since February 2019 when the index was at 58.8%. President Joe Biden is telling House Democrats he's not married to all the specifics of the $1.9 trillion COVID rescue plan, but he wants them to go big and not let the size or scope shrink. Biden delivered private remarks to the Democratic caucus today before a meeting with Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and top senators at the White House. Biden says his proposed $1,400 direct payments to Americans must stay in the bill. Britain's Health Secretary Matt Hancock says a new study showing that a single dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine may reduce transmission of COVID-19 categorically supports the government's strategy of taking more time between injections. Hancock says the preliminary findings show that the vaccine developed with Oxford University cut transmission by two-thirds. For the Rural Radio Network. 6261. Playpad on the World Radio Network at the Young Farmers and Ranchers Conference. Carney, Nebraska, just breaking in from one of the breakout sessions, talking about creating your brand, crafting in Nebraska agriculture, and finding some of those niche markets that can really help not only production agriculture, but all facets of it. Having the opportunity now to talk with Cy Tecker, he was one of the presenters in that, also one of uh, on the Young Farmers and Ranchers Committee helping to put on the whole thing. You're up a creek, hop yard, and tap house, Dundee County. Kind of give us an overview of your operation. The niche market there really is tourism. Right now there's an exploding interest in the craft brewery industry and I really want to get in on that. I didn't really have much of an interest in brewing myself. I really wanted to showcase what Nebraska could do in that industry. I had the perfect opportunity to buy a, a winery and vineyard that was located in one of our pastures ironically from a retiring couple and I didn't really want to do the vineyard thing so I decided I was going to convert it into a hop yard and then sell it to local breweries to make beer. To get people out there to see southwest nebraska which i think a lot of people overlook i put in a tap 
tap room. And in the tap room, I, I only serve Nebraska-made beer, wine, and liquors, as well as run a little Airbnb that really gets people out in the country. They get to see Dunning County. They get to see southwest Nebraska. And it's just a, it's a whole nother feel to tourism in Nebraska. One interesting point you brought up during the panel discussion was the fact that really it can even be the nighttime sky that can be part of that tourism draw. Oh, absolutely. And it definitely wasn't something I'd originally even thought of when I started this whole thing. But one thing uh, many Nebraskans who live out west take for granted is the night sky. Stargazing is a pretty big, I don't know if you call it industry, but a hobby or pastime in America. And you have so many urban people who uh, who really enjoy that kind of thing, but don't have that opportunity due to, you know, the light pollution and whatnot. So, uh, it just creates just another great opportunity to get um, urban people out to experience the country, learn a little bit more about agriculture as well as just enjoy good Nebraska craft beer. You had the passion to enjoy craft beer, and this is kind of a way for you to follow and pursue that. But your family's also still involved, whether it be on the ranching side or with the sheep flock. And so do you see this as your niche to really kind of cling and stay with that family farm operation in your local community? Absolutely, and that was the main driving force behind this. While I often have to drag them kicking and screaming, and my family thinks I'm completely insane most of the time, they have been behind me 100% of the time. And they, they may have their doubts, but they're always there to help me. And it's, it's, an, it's an incredible feeling to have that support. Like in all small farms in western Nebraska, um, we have me and my sister and my parents and my grandma, and we're not really a large enough operation to support four families. So kind of to do my part, I decided I kind of need to do something on my own. I wanted to connect it to the ranch. I want to be able to tie in the ranch with that, so I kind of run it all together. Just that huge opportunity of that vineyard becoming open and um, not knowing anything about that kind of line of work, ne- never thinking I would do that. Having gone to college for cattle and crops, and never being a bartender. Here I am. I just took that leap and I've loved it so far and the community has been so helpful in everything I've done. Two questions left for you. The first one being the fact that maybe someone's considering they've got this idea, you know, maybe I can track to it. But with your hops yard, you can't pull up the Chicago Board of Trade and look at what hops are bringing here today. What is your advice for taking that first step into the unknown here of, of some of these type of, of specialty or craft products in that Nebraska agriculture? Definitely want to do your homework. You find something that piques your interest, uh, get out there, see the other producers. I have yet to find another hop producer in Nebraska who just wasn't eager to tell me everything he knew and wanted to help me get started. A lot of times we're kind of afraid to talk to what maybe someday be our competition, but really here, especially in small towns, we really just want to help one another. As far as this kind of thing goes, all I can say is uh, if, if you wait till you're ready, it's going to be too late. That again, Cy Tecker with Upper Creek Hop Yard and Tap House located in Dundee County, talking to him at the Nebraska Young Farmers and Ranchers Conference. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network as we take a check here at the closing grain market. Again, trying to talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago during this segment. Unfortunately, John out seeing clients day and unavailable by phone this afternoon. We still see a sharply higher close across the grain complex here today. Soybeans, the leader to the rally here, and with their heightened move, and really it was led by soybean meal, but with soybeans higher, we saw corn and wheat able to end higher as well. The only down day, rough rice and canola oil lightly traded market in and of that. Now, one thing that is kind of cautious to grain traders here this afternoon, a U.S. dollar index that continues to just ever steadily move itself slightly and slightly higher 
This comes as the fact that the Eurozone continues to face uh, recession-type issues, and with that, they continue to face a lower Euro, which gives strength back to the U.S. dollar. Now, we didn't see USDA feed the demand bull here this morning with any announcements of flash sales. That curtails where we saw sales to Japan, Mexico, the Philippines earlier this week on corn, soybeans, and soybean meal. However, China has been relatively absent, and they're expected to be absent here going into next week as well, given the fact that they're soon to start their Lunar New Year and their gold and week holiday, which typically is a week when they are sitting out the markets given their new Lunar New Year celebrations. Now, we did see ethanol reporting come out here today, and that's where ethanol production increased about 3,000 barrels per day, up to 963,000 barrels per day. But ethanol stocks in that same sentence expanding about 3% to 24.3 million barrels. That was up 3.6% uh, from the week a year ago levels, even, and also sticks us now at a 39-week high. Majority of the stock build took place, though, in the southeast U.S. or along the Gulf Coast with the Gulf pad increasing by 18.3%. Other factors facing the grain markets, Argentina looks dry in the outlook forecast. That is uh, that is strong given corn as they're soon to go into the reproductive phases of their latest corn crop coming up soon. As for Brazil and Argentina, it appears that they're both facing trucker strikes uh, with minimal trucks on the road trying to get into the ports. That is slowing down a harvest that's already behind pace, getting what little they are getting harvested down to the ports so that they can get it shipped out as well. So trucker strikes still out there. Trying to make heads and tails of what China's currently up to is a report that their food inflation... Not uh, an issue going into the Lunar New Year holiday, but they held a state-held reserve yesterday of wheat stocks, and there they uh, actually increased the capital limits to prevent people from hoarding, and they did eliminate some buyers with only selling out about 30% of the wheat that was in the offering. Again, we try typically try to talk to John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in this segment. You can learn more about their company at danielsagmarketing.com. Again, danielsagmarketing.com. Make sure to follow along with us every day on the market. So when you click on the markets tab at ruralradio.com as well. Thanks for listening to the Rural Radio Network. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of Midday. If you miss anything, you can listen to the Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors. That'll be Available at krvn.com.